BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's oh, the tiebreaker? this guy's hamstring extension off yeah. the round butt. I think he gets the tiebreaker. Is it a higher butt? Some are higher. Some are lower. <laughs> People who are listening to this podcast for the first time with Taylor Swift and the butts are just like, what is this? Yeah, what, what are we this? doing? What, right. How did I find this here? What is this? This is the greatest football podcast ever invented. That's what it is. We talk about football and butts and lots of other crazy crap. What's up, everybody? Chris Sims. Chris Sims on button. Ahmed Farid is here looking handsome and sharp for a guy that's worked so hard and traveled around the country the last few days. We're in the midst of watching Sunday Night Football. Yep. The San Francisco fighting Shanahan 49ers are whooping the Cowboys' ass right now, marching down the field 28-10 to 10, late third quarter, and the Cowboys are in deep trouble of going down three, maybe four scores here after this drive. My Super Bowl pick. My team to win it all. It's not over. It's down 18. This is, this is, I will say, just to hit on this game real quick while we're sitting here watching it and just talking about what's relevant. Yep. Uh, I mean, this is an impressive win right now, or looking like it's going to be an impressive win by the 49ers. They, this game had all the psychology elements of should have been on Dallas's side, right? Dallas has lost to them two years ago, two years in a row in the playoffs, right? They want to prove to themselves, wait, we can beat them. So if we see them in the playoffs again, you believe, right? So, you know, they, 49ers kind of got their best shot from the Cowboys tonight and really have never flinched and kind of dominated the game throughout. You know, there was one good drive at the Cowboys offense, one okay drive for a field goal, but Purdy is tearing them up here in the second half in the pass game, and the Cowboys are in big trouble. It's a tough matchup. It's like we talk about all the time. It's a matchup league. The 49ers are one of the few teams that are as fast as the Cowboys, and yet they're bigger than the Cowboys, and that's where life is very tough on them in this matchup. We've seen it in the playoffs. That's right. Right? The 49ers yeah. have their number, and now they're going to have to answer all those questions exactly. again. Like, nothing has changed. Dak's going to be pissed. He's going to piss me off again don't, have, don't ask me that question i yep. don't want to talk he about just anything threw a in the pick pa- on a deep pass right? i don't want to talk about that either be like don't <laughs> no, ask me about that pick not. he's going to be extra pissed next week but we'll see where this goes we'll keep you up to date we'll- on a game that you already know the result <laughs> of as Ahmed points out every that week is our signature <laughs> we will let you know news that you already know that's what we do we keep you up to date on stuff like that uh, our promise to you on a sunday night once again we're i feel like we have more energy than we've had in the last I, couple I'm weeks i'm feeling good i actually feel like i'm starting i'm getting into a, a season shape Yes. I'm in football shape. 
Yes. It's the first Sunday I've come in here with less than four, four uh, yawns uh, <laughs> as we started the show. So I'm, I'm getting there. Well, th- we made the same mistake as many teams do in the NFL. We had no preseason. We didn't practice No this. conditioning. We, week we one never was put the, the first... pads on. No. We never tackled and hit Why really. didn't we do that? Why didn't like, the know. last week of the preseason we just tried this late night Sunday pod? Right, thing? right. Because we, we have lives and we didn't want to torture ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that important that we hit the ground running. Uh, but we are, we are running now. We're we are running off now. in a full sprint uh so we're going to give you uh, all the different games uh our insights that are different than anyone else's insights of on course every they one are of these well, they're original that's uh, where it is the bounce back game section we will have we will also have a across the pond section you may be able to guess the game that we're going to talk about in that one uh we have we have a heartbeat section so maybe mm. some teams we thought might be dead right maybe they're not dead they're after alive. all uh we're going streaking so some teams that continue to win and Give me the headlines, and we will not forget uh, the Thursday night game and the Monday night game still to come. That's no. a lot to get in. We here, got a but lot, but we've that's got what we're the, here for. We've got the energy. So let's start with the bounce back games. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-10. You knew this was going to be a, a low-scoring game. Pittsburgh was blown out last week at Houston, if you remember, 30-6. to And there were times in this game where I thought, well, the Baltimore Ravens, they could they could blow them out. Dropped touchdown in the end zone. Rashad Bateman. Like watching this game, the Ravens left so many points on think, the field. I think that's the point. And they still almost won the game. No, no doubt. I, I think that's the point. It's one of those where hey, we give credit to the Steelers. We know the one thing we always love about the Steelers is they're tough. They hit. They compete. Even when things look bleak, they continue to still fight and do all that. But really, come on. Bottom line is here, the Baltimore Ravens were the better team on the football field almost the whole game, really the whole game for the most part. It was self-inflicted wounds, like you said, Ahmed, mistakes. That was really the theme of the day. You know, a number of drop passes. You know, whether it was drop pass by Zay Flowers in the first drive, that should have been a touchdown. You talked about the Rashad Bateman in the end zone should have been an easy touchdown. And even the play before that, Mark Andrews dropped the pass where I go, you're Mark Andrews. You probably should have caught that too. Mm-hmm. We had Bateman drop a fade that would have maybe put them down inside the five-yard line if he, if he doesn't break the shoestring tackle and score a touchdown there. They had the punt blocked in their own end zone, right, that gave the safety to the the. Pittsburgh Steelers. End of the first half. They oh went my for gosh! It on fourth a and fucking two instead of kicking debacle. the field goal. A debacle. Can you? Is it fourth and two? Right. Fourth yes. and two. It looks like they're gonna see if they can drop Pittsburgh offsides, and they're gonna kick a field goal and go in with a thirteen to three lead. That's what it looked like. I don't know what happened. They snapped the ball. It's like it didn't look like they were all in conjunction and working together, and the clock ran out. And then, you know, they cut to to John Harbaugh, and he's sitting there stunned like, wait, what did we just do there? So you have that. And then you have coupled on to, hey, we're driving again, and Justin Hill's making some people miss. He fumbles. So it was just, you know, it was a game of Ravens mess-ups. And I don't want to say that to – like degrade the Steelers in any way because the defense did step up. I they mean, did. T.J. Watt was a nightmare for Certainly. them, and then the Alex f- Highsmith stri- with exactly. the strip sack the strip at the sack end. At so the, the defense played well. They they play tough. They do, and they compete. You know, but I you know, hey, there's games where you hear me say, hey, this team earned it. This would be a game where, hey, they earned it, but the Ravens like missed some opportunities that were not really like missed because of the Steelers, right? 
It wasn't like, oh, the Ravens had the ball over the middle and it was a tight throw, and as he was catching it, he got crushed and the ball popped in the air. It was like, no, nobody's in the screen, and he just dropped the ball for a 20-yard gain. Or Lamar missing Zay Flowers way down the field late in the football game when he's wide open for another huge play. So, yeah, again, I, I this is part of the Steelers' culture. They do stuff like this all the time. I understand that. But I think when you look at the quality of play on the field, yeah, you're going to still look at it and go, yeah, the Ravens are going to be sick tomorrow with the way they played but I do want to give like you said big plays big moments keep fighting and then clutchness at the end of the football game the hang in there the resiliency and Pickett and Pickens kind of getting going with a little splash of Warren to go along with it and they made just enough plays to win an ugly AFC North football game. Warren was like a whirling dervish. Right? I mean, like he had a few plays there where you were like, holy shit, can anybody tackle him? I was like, is his spin move stuck right I know, now? Because right? I feel like he's maybe overusing it at this point. <laughs> Seriously. But we do have to give love, obviously, to Pickett Pickens. You mentioned it on Football Night in America. It's yep. a tongue twister. It's hard to oh say. Oh, my it's gosh. One of the it's harder scary combinations. Yeah. And then I get confused about which one's first name it is because you're like, yeah. pick, pick it through the... <laughs> George yeah. Pickens, yeah. it's very, it is actually really uh, mentally tough. You, yeah, you go Pickens at quarterback and you go, oh, maybe he played it in high school. I don't actually know. And you got to try to cover for yourself. But uh, six catches, 130 yards, the game winning touchdown, 41 yards on this one. Because even with all the points the Ravens left on the field, it still didn't look like the Steelers had enough to well, get over the finish line. Oh, uh, uh, 100%. And you, and you see here this, the, the touch, the go ahead touchdown right here to Pickens down the right sideline, the dots, Marlon Humphrey, man-to-man I mean this should be almost a rule for their offense if Pickens is man-to-man we throw to him almost like we talk about with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase right just hey if that's the case go to him and we'll we'll live with the results of that play why did they play that defense that that is a great great question I mean what were we at there it was second and nine second and if you're if you're just listening they're at the 40 there there's a minute 24 left second and nine and there's no safeties the corners and Marlon Humphrey is on Pickens I mean they are just like I mean they are the farthest guy back is the linebacker well, there. Like they're, six they're, yards. they're to me, Three I yards. think, playing a defense here, and as I'm going back through my brain, where, hey, it's 10 8, and they're going, we're going to either knock them out of field goal position or they get a big play and maybe score. I think they were willing to take that risk. I get right? that. I mean, I think there was a little bit of that. That's at least what went through my mind at the time. Okay, and of course the Steelers have one of the greatest kickers we've seen in recent history. So I think they're going. Wait, if they get five more yards, the game's kind of over. That we're, makes we're sense. in deep crap, right? Yeah. So they were willing to roll the dice here. Let's see if we can make a play, get them to third and long, and knock them out of field goal position altogether. I would, I would bet that's the logic. But I, I mean, there's just so many things through this game too. The the, the other like you know. First off, I want to state this: Lamar Jackson made some great throws in this football game. He really did. And he's going to want a few back, like we talked about, whether it was Zay Flowers deep late in the game. But, of course, the, 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 the worst thing of all was they have a, what was it, a third and two? And they're down there close. Uh, it's after the Olszewski fumble on the punt return by the Steelers. And you're thinking, all right, well, that, that's it. Baltimore's finally got them, even though they've let them mess around here. And it was a third and five on the five-yard line, excuse me. And he throws a back shoulder to Odell Beckham Jr. on the right sideline, okay, with the game at 10-8 to eight Baltimore. And he throws a bad ball. He throws it inside, doesn't really give Odell a chance to even make a play on the ball, and Joey Porter Jr. gets the pick. And that is what's set up 
the Kenny Pickens touchdown. But again, just another instance of, hey, that was a good play by Joey Porter and all that. But I expect better execution from the, you know, a, a past NFL MVP who had been throwing the ball pretty damn well all day to another all pro ish type guy, right? To where, hey, it's the back shoulder route. I don't expect that to be five feet off target in the side where those are things, again, like I said, Ravens are uh, going to be sick with themselves watching this film tomorrow. And then the Steelers, of course, are going to go, wait, you know, it wasn't great, but we battled, we worked hard, you know, we were, we're resilient, but we got to be better if we realistically want to think we're going to, you know, end up with the playoffs or with a winning record. Uh, but I, I give them credit for their fight, no doubt. Yeah, Steelers 2-0 in the division, 3-2 and overall, as we <laughs> two mentioned. 2-0 in the division, and we're Undefeated. severely outplayed by the Ravens and the Browns <laughs> and won both of those games. Uh, you know what team is 0-2 in the division? The Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. But good for them. Right. They did bounce back, and they got a win against the Cardinals, 34-20. to Wasn't sure that was necessarily going to happen after what we saw last week against no. the Tennessee Titans, 27-3. Right. to I mean, the offense had been terrible. Ted J. Rowland says, damn okay, Burrow is back. Keen to see if Bengals can push on here. And so let's just go inside the numbers with AWS to start this one right away because Jamar Chase got going. Let's hold the Joe Burrow conversation just yeah, for a second cool. here. And let's look at the numbers for Jamar Chase because maybe that is in tandem with how Joe got his flow back. 19 targets, 15 catches, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. I, I love it. Okay. You know me. I've been a one that's complained a little bit about the simpleness of the Cincinnati Bengals offense. What did we say last week when we were talking about this? And please leave this, this picture up on the board here because I think it's very important to talk about. But last week, remember you hear me saying, like, what are they good at? What is it that you're really good at? Okay, that's going to make teams start to go, wait, we got to stop that. And then you start to open up other things in your offense. Well, here's a start. That's the thing I was encouraged by today. That's as I was sitting there watching the game, the first drive of the game, not only did I go, wow, that was the best the Bengals looked on offense all year, they're subtly starting to move Jamar Chase around more and more and mess with formations a little bit. And I like this. I can get behind this right here. This is like, it might not be like the Dolphins or the 49ers or whatever, but they're going to, it looks like to me, they're going to go all in on, hey, Jamar Chase is our guy. We're going to feed him the ball until you double him, and then we're going to start to do things off of that, right? Okay, I'm cool with that. I mean, as we see, he's a game changer. But look at all the variety yeah. of the routes, where they moved him around, everything there. I think that's a start, at least, to something successful for them on that side of the ball. It was a career-high 15 receptions, 192 yards. The three touchdowns was targeted on seven of nine routes against man coverage, hauling in six catches there for 59 yards and two touchdowns. He leads the NFL with plus 446 yards over expected versus man coverage since 2021. So when he's manned up. That's what I was saying right? just a second ago, like George Pickens. He's manned up. They go to him. We wanted AWS to reconfirm what we think about uh, right. our guy Jamar Chase yeah. here. Um, and so, I, yeah, so exactly. Like, stop him. And if you're not going to do that, we're going to keep going to him. And if you do that with a double team or whatever, we're going to do something off. Exactly of that. right. You're going to do that, okay? Hey, when T. Higgins is when T. Higgins is is healthy or whatever else, hey, great. He'll be back in the, in the full Boyd. Oh, you want to double him? Oh, it's going to help the run game with Joe Mixon. Everything of that. So yeah, that's where I like it. And here's the big thing too, right? Now, I mean, we're seeing the Cardinals are are not easy. The Cardinals have a good offense. They got some weapons on that side of the ball that are. You know, a little scary, and I like the way they're coached. 
the, the biggest thing of the game and why this all happened, right? And it's still not perfect, but Joe Burrow wasn't under assault every other play. It was the first game he got to go through reads, set his feet. The clock in his head wasn't affected to such a degree where he's going, wait, I've been railroaded or blindsided seven in the last ten times. I need to get the ball out of my hand. He didn't have that today. So, therefore, then, oh, okay, I'll let Jamar work a little bit on the 20-yard in cut down the middle of the field or whatever there. So, that was, you know, I think the, the other big part of this. Yeah, the offense got going, the big plays got going, but they opened up some holes in the run game and gave Joe a chance to have time to throw the ball down the field. And Joe did look like he could move better today. He looked he looked right. He was close healthier. to almost normal. Like right, it was. I don't want to say it was normal, but he at least yeah. was sliding around, being that slippery sob that I talk about. How a lot. did that happen? Because he almost looked as you know unhealthy as he did all season at the end of last game. I right. guess just a week of treatment can do that for you. I, I you know I think it's it's just progress little by little, and hopefully last week he didn't aggravate it to a point where it set him back. You know the, the problem with an injury like that, like to your what you're saying is, you know. Hey, we're good, we're good, we're good. We play the game. It sets us back five days. Now mm-hmm. we get, oh, okay, can we catch up again to get back ahead of normal? And it looks like he is at least making progress that way. But, uh, yeah, that was encouraging. And the big play Bengals got off to uh, – or finally got off and got going this year, and that was good to see for Burrow and company. That was Inside the Numbers powered by AWS. So what do you think? Is Joe Burrow back? I, I think I think they're on the cusp of something here. I do. I, you know – they're I don't want to go like too crazy and say they're back they're back mm-hmm. but I do look like they got some culture there as far as a football team right they played like the desperate team today in that game they looked like they were fry, flying around and being more physical they could be they play Seattle next all right Seattle's let up a lot of big pass plays this year so I look at that and go yeah they're back but I don't know after the bye week they got the 49ers and the Bills Right, they they still got work to do, but I just think it's a nice positive step in the right direction. And the biggest thing is that they can just protect Joe Burrow. They're going to be dangerous as hell, regardless. Even though with their simpleness of their offense, that's the big thing. But the other thing that's a little concerning, and you and I were texting about this over the weekend a little, right? The Bengals' defense. Yes, that is the one thing that I look at and go, like it's shocking to me. He's a great defensive coordinator, Luana Rumo. They're very creative. They might be going a little too much like, hey, we're going to try to squash every play, but they're letting up way too many big plays. It's kind of been a theme for them here through five weeks, and even today mm-hmm. it was. So that's something that's a little disappointing, and hopefully they can write that as well. Uh, one other indication that Joe Burrow is healthy, and uh, Pete, if you want to throw the dots up there on that 63-yard touchdown, oh, the second touchdown him. of the game to Jamar Chase, yeah. according to Next Gen Stats, uh, the ball traveled 58.1 yards in the air. That was Burrow's lar- uh, longest completion by air distance of his career. Wow. Wow. I, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, he, he launched this right here. What did they say it was in the air? What was 58. it? 58.1 yards. 58.1 yards. It was a beautiful football. And let's uh, watch it again here. And if you're watching on our YouTube page here, you'll see they're kind of playing cover two to one side and quarters to the other side, mm. right? So if you can rewind it, Pete, a little bit there. Or just let it play again. 22 with Taylor Irwin right in front of him running the curl route. Well, that's his job to kind of stop that. So, again, 
it gets into a little bit what we've talked about with the Bengals. When they start to get into week four or five and they start to go, wait, they play this defense versus this formation. They start to call the right plays at the right time. And that's where the genius of Zach Taylor starts to really show up. Yeah. And maybe that's what we'll see. Because we've seen that the last two seasons. And by the looks of today, we might be on a, on a third, third in a row here going. Jamar Chase was flying on that play, too. 21 and a half miles an hour, the sixth fastest speed by a ball carrier this season. Whoa. Second fastest of his career. Somebody cracked the Dolphins track meet team? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, he's not point, in the top five. At one point today, I think eight of the fast, 10 fastest plays of the year were all Dolphins, <laughs> right? So. Well. That that is unbelievable, and uh, yeah, that, good for them. No that is that it. is the perfect segue to our next bounce back game, and that is the Dolphins defeating your New York Giants, Who? thirty-one Who's to Giants? sixteen. And so, Pete, let's show that we were just talking about it. Next Gen Stats does have that. The Dolphins remain fast, currently responsible for the five fastest speeds by ball carriers this season. Tyreek Hill got the top spot, only one going twenty-two miles an hour. But then you got Achan. I like it. His name has just become Achan. Achan. Like we don't go Devon. Or is it Devon or Devon? Devon? Devon. Yeah. It's just A-Chan. I, I think he's, like he's starting to be – When you run that many – you run that fast and you have that many highlights on a week-to-week -week basis, you start to just have a one name. A-Chan. A-Chan. Yeah. He's A-Chan. Yeah. Two. He is A-fucking-fast. And that. three okay. on this top five list. Then you got Tyreek Hill. And then you got Raheem Mostert, which I think is like an – oh, by the way, we also have a really fast dude who might be the fastest running back in the NFL uh, if it wasn't for the other guy on his team. Oh, right. And, I mean, we just haven't got to see Jalen Waddell out to stretch it out yet yeah. before he starts to enter that. And then you got – and then you got Chase Claypool coming to town. What? What? Well, maybe. We'll see what? about that. Well, yeah, is, we'll is see. There? I, I think that for some reason that's going to work. And I just an update. Yeah. Dak Prescott just threw his third interception. The game is 42 to 10, 49ers. And he's going to be – he thought he was pissed off going in this week. Yeah. Oh, wait till he's – this next week. Oh, didn't he say oh, that my gosh, he was yes. not going to throw 11 interceptions this year? Well, he said he was very mad about the questions after the postgame. Uh, well, I know that right. for sure. But there was also – wasn't that like 11 well, – how many did he have last year? 11, 15. right? Oh, he had 15 yeah. last year. And only like – you know, he missed like four Ooh. or five games. Right? He goes, I'm not going to throw that many again. Right. Well, hopefully he doesn't play the 49ers anymore. There's <laughs> yeah. only one in the regular season. Help that stat. That's for sure. Uh, okay. We'll continue to keep you updated on I the game. I don't think we you need know. to update him anymore. Right. It's 42 well, to 10. It's over. We'll wait till it's final <laughs> and then we'll talk about it in full. We'll Sounds give it good. the appropriate uh, time that it deserves. It, yeah. And yeah, he won't have, t that's what he said. He won't have 10 interceptions this year. Dak said that. Uh oh. Uh oh. There's three. He's up to four now. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, boy, that's not good. So maybe he might, he'd have more, but they'd still be more explosive of an offense like you promote sometimes. Yes. Don't be afraid Let's of see. the interception. All right, back to the Dolphins here. Uh, they have 2,568 total yards of offense this season. That passes the 2,000 greatest show on turf Rams for the most ever by a team through their first five games. And they asked Mike McDaniel about that, and you know what his quote was. He said, quote, mission accomplished. Our whole goal this entire offseason was statistical output through five games. And then he did a little <laughs> and wink a little and pointed up. point with like the, the shooter uh, a little thing. Like, uh, it was funny. He's a funny, funny guy. He but is. he is able to get these fast dudes in open space on a almost play-by-play basis. He, it's it's as fun of offense to watch as I can ever remember. You know, like we've talked about, it's like Shanahan in reverse. Shanahan does it through the run game. They're doing it through the pass game, right? But where they're special this year, we knew how dangerous they were in the pass game. We saw that all last year. They are equally as dangerous in the run game, and that's where it's gone to another level. The toughness, the physicality of their offensive line. And then I think Mike McDaniel – 
putting in some extra hours to go, hey, wait, I love all these pass plays and pass yards and all this, but if we want to win the Super Bowl and beat the elite defenses in football, we can't just think I'm going to drop back and pass with Tua all game and do it that way, right? And I think that's the beauty of what they're doing there. They're giving themselves other avenues, let alone they're protecting their top investments in they want to do the passing game, but if you're going to keep playing too deep and keep trying to stop all these big plays, okay, then we got something else for you here. And Mm -hmm. like we talk about with the Bengals or anybody else, now you're going to have to adjust to that, and that can open it up. But I've never seen a team go horizontal and vertically as fast as the Miami Dolphins, and the game was going to be a blowout. I mean, it was like a track meet, and you're like, I don't know, the Giants are barely two-hand touching them down, and then Tua threw the pick six, and it became a game again for a little bit, uh, which was, hey, a big play by the Giants. Wink Martindale and company, the D, D, they tried to hang in there for a little while, but they don't have the horses or the manpower to mess with an offense like the Dolphins right now. So let's take a look at uh, a couple dots here because Hill does go off for 181 yards in the touchdown today, the 64-yard uh, catch and run. Was that the number one play? Is that the 22-mile-an-hour one there, Pete? I believe uh, it is. I believe it is here. Yep. So so here it is if you're watching on Peacock. Yeah, and then A-Chan made fun of him for uh, getting caught on this. Uh, well, that's that's what he's... everybody does to the fastest guy. I mean, right? If you get caught, and what I want to say is, first off, he's been running around like a psycho for you know yeah. the last quarter and a half. Yeah. And let's not forget, too, he's got a ball in his hand. Exactly. And the guy, Xavier McKinney, is really fast, and he doesn't have a ball in his hand. So that does make a difference. But those are like, I bet you that pissed him off. I can tell you that. <laughs> he is so fast. I mean, look how he reversed his field. And when he got to this point right there, I thought he was gone. Uh, it was a great job by Xavier McKinney. But I, I've never seen a guy who can start, stop, reaccelerate faster than Tyree Kill. You know, and then the quickness to go along with it, it's really special that way. Uh, they're just so fun to watch. They're wide open. And they have a like a, a fun, reckless way about them and how they play. Uh, that's just – it's always aggressive. It's always we're attacking, we're attacking, we're attacking. Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing. And, again, they're without their best pass rusher on defense right now. And let's just get to that side of the ball real quick. I mean, the Giants are incapable of doing anything on the offense. The Giants' offensive line is an embarrassment. they got to think of some other ways – and some things to do on that side of the ball to help their offensive line right now because there's just too many plays where Daniel Jones, who's banged up, because he's been under physical assault for three weeks. And, of course, he's banged up. You've been hit by He's been hit by one train and truck after another, and it's getting to the point where, yeah, you just go, man, you worry about the guy taking that many hits. How did the line take a step back this year? I think the big thing is they have injuries right now, right? It's three injuries. They're missing their best lineman at left tackle. They still got a young guy at right tackle. Right. Bredesen and Schmitz, uh, Schmitz are both like bang. Bredesen was in for a little while, then got hurt again today. You know, the center's out. And it was an old line that was still like a work in progress. Not like it was like, oh, man, we got our group. We're really awesome. Mm-hmm. Like we were like, hey, we saw progress, but we got to continue to get better. And they can't even get on the field together to get better. Right. And then, you know, off of that, it's just like they can't get any momentum going or anything going to where they had the lead. And unfortunately they played teams that are better than them. And that's put them behind the eight ball. Right. To now it's like, wow, we're down 14 to three. We're down 10 to nothing. Now we have to throw the ball more than we want to. And there's no Saquon Barkley. And I think it all kind of plays into itself, but they got to just start doing some things, whether it's keeping the tight end to block more, more chipping the back. Right. 
I, I see too many just five-man protections that I just don't think are fair to Daniel Jones and company. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We get them next week. Giants at Buffalo. Sunday night football. NBC. Uh, James Lennox, 19, is sad. He goes, Chris, where do the Giants go from here? Yeah. They look like the worst team in the league offensively, and now they lose their quarterback. So Daniel Jones left with that neck injury, did not return, admitted after the game his soreness and that, that pain does feel similar to the to injury he had uh, in 2021. Yeah, the one he had in Dallas, right? I think it was the, the final Dallas six game. games. Yeah, right. Um, uh, so our guy James Lennox goes uh, with a high draft pick. Oh, no, he's already to the end of the year with a high draft pick. Do you think they would draft a new quarterback, or would that quarterback be doomed like DJ with an offensive line that's been bad for a decade? Well, I, I would say no one's going to be able to come in there and play quarterback behind that offensive line, right? I don't think they're going to be at the let's draft a new quarterback thing because it's like what we've said it almost in the past, right? You know, I, I think that's the big thing is um, James Lennox. Like the Giants' ownership and the coaches, and it's, let's just say this is Daniel Jones' last game of the year, right? All right, or, or you know, whatever. They're they're gonna look at it at least up to this point, and go, what realistically could he have done better? Right? Yeah, yeah. He missed a few throws here or there. We saw some guys in the Seattle game that maybe he could have hit, but also that's also after getting like crushed seven times, you know, or twenty-seven times at that point. Yeah. Right. And it's just nothing's worked or flowed for them on that side of the ball, and I think they're gonna realize that and and evaluate it that that way. I think it's still gonna be more about we got to help him a little bit. He's good enough to win, just like we saw last year, right? There's just got to be a little more support around him. And, uh, yeah, the Giants, as we talked about this year, or early before the season, we, we both didn't see them in the playoffs. We said, hey, they might be a little bit better, which they're not, actually, but their schedule is harder. Yeah. And you're seeing right now they've had to play, you know, some of the best teams in football, and they've been totally outclassed in those games. And it continues, as I mentioned, as we go to the across-the-pond section of our podcast You sound like today, from London. Uh, the Bills are the next opponent of the Giants, and so the Bills are going to have two across-the-pond games in a row. Oh, they go across like the, the They go across the pond right. to play, and that's where they oh. play 
yeah. then they got to come back across the pond again <laughs> to play in America. It's two in a row, right? You got to cross the pond to play this game. You can well, use that in football. Well, therefore, everybody night. would have two across the ponds. <laughs> yeah. Anybody that goes over use there. Use that on football night in America. Well, See I, the reaction. I think I'll, I'll avoid that one. It Thank takes you. a while to explain. I don't right. know if you have that much time. <laughs> uh, so the Jaguars slow down the Bills, who were probably the most dominant team in the NFL for the last three weeks. Would you disagree with that? I, I mean, it's them or the Niners, right? But I know I, I think you're right with that statement. You know, after week one, the next three weeks, Buffalo was probably the most impressive team in the league. You know, did, uh, Allen's been on point and awesome. Here was the big thing to me, mm. okay? First off, we've talked about Jacksonville a little bit being close, right? Yep. The offense got going today. All right, I think that's the big thing. One, No doubt, whether it was run game, big plays in the pass game, got Calvin Ridley going, Christian Kirk had a big day, right? <clears throat> they were the team that played with energy. They were the team that looked like they were used to life over in London and the time change. Buffalo looked like a team that was still getting used to the time change and still getting done with their ticker tape parade from last week's victory over the Miami Dolphins, yeah. right? I mean, it was instantly. I was sitting on the couch this morning with a cup of coffee at 930, and right away you kind of went, whoa, okay, wait, Buffalo doesn't look as fast as they did last week. You know, Jacksonville kind of looks like the team with a little urgency. So, one, I think the offense was really damn good by Jacksonville today, like we talked about. The other side of this, too, that I think that jumped out to me in – and one, hey, I mean, not one, two, three, four, I'm at them right now. Six. Six, right. Jacksonville's good. We've talked about this. They're talented. You know, even in their two losses, I mean, it, it was close, like we said. That's where I wasn't concerned with them. I kept saying, I see a lot of good things, some self-inflicted mistakes and a young team getting used to winning and playing football that way. Today, I think it came together. I wouldn't be shocked if this was kind of a launching point. They're extremely good up front. Right, they got great, good up front on defense. They got good linebackers in the middle. They got a really good secondary. Right, they're pretty aggressive scheme on that side of the ball. And then offensively, you know, I like everything what they do. You know, it doesn't blow you away like the Dolphins or the 49ers, but they do everything, and they they're not afraid to trick it up, crazy formations, or just go, hey, wait, we think we can run you over today, and we're going to run the ball. So they can do it all. And they have the flexibility because their roster's really good. And then their quarterback's really good. Mm -hmm. So their offense tore it up today. W one, the Bills beat up on the defensive line. They had issues getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, you saw them get run on by ATN. You know, they found yeah. ways to get Ridley the ball down the field. But the biggest thing was this. Uh -oh. Their defense, we've seen Josh Allen tear people up the last few weeks. And especially with down the field passes down the field passes the jaguars it looked like and everything i saw were like you're not throwing downfield we're totally fine with you being patient and checking it underneath and i think they felt like this is the way it looked like to me and i'm just i'm assessing from my watching on tv that they were like you don't have anybody great after the catch we'll let you catch it for four we're gonna rally and we're gonna tackle and you'll get maybe one more yard and it'll be five, but they weren't going to let Josh Allen throw post corners for 50-yard lasers down the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, to me, kind of looked like what it was. 
and he was confused a lot through the day, patting the ball. You could tell he didn't like what he saw downfield. I'll be excited to watch that film and see what yeah. they did to him a little it bit. seemed like they started to get it rolling at the end of the game where maybe the Jaguars were the ones happy that that time expired because the Buffalo started to get some momentum. Yeah, but, right. uh, but, yeah, and on the defensive side, injuries for oh. the Bills here. We got, you know, Von Miller comes back right after – Missing a majority of last season with that torn ACL. Uh, Matt Milano left in the first quarter. It ain't good. Uh, knee injury. I uh, came also in today going, fracture. it ain't good. You could tell with the way the team was acting. Here's the injury report, too, if you're watching. Tredavious White, he's out for the season with that ACL. Shaq Lawson was inactive today with the toe. Christian Benford, shoulder. Um, Daquan Jones, a peck injured today. And so, I mean, peck injury for a D tackle? That's bad. That could be the year. I wouldn't be shocked if we wake up tomorrow and they go, Matt Milano, I think will definitely be done for the year. Okay? Just, just by the look of the team, the way he got carted off. Daquan Jones, D tackle, coming off that phenomenal game last week, right? Had all the pressures on Tua. Right? That'll be a big deal. That will. And that's where I don't want to over-assess this game a little with the Bills. I mean, mm -hmm. no Rousseau. Right, you know, no Rousseau, Daquan hurt early, Jeez. Matt Milan, both starting corners aren't playing in the football game. You know, th those are some big injuries to overcome in a, in a game like this. Well, at a certain point, you can't. No, right? you can't. You cannot. Right. That's exactly right. And we'll see if they can here going forward. That's going to be a big question. You know, um, because I know I think even Epinesa got a little banged up towards the end of the football game. He had a good game, too. right? He played good. We'll see where Von Miller is. He was on a pitch count today. Uh, but, yeah, that was disappointing for them, and, and I hope they're okay because, uh, yeah, they certainly won't be the same if, if the majority of those guys are out for an extended period of time or the whole season. Colin tweeted into us, damn okay, Tottenham Stadium. Why do you claim the souls what? of so many men? Well, th listen, you know I was hot during the game. Well, I mean, again, I know they try to say it's a hybrid field. I, I, I don't, I'm sick of hybrid fields. Nobody wants a hybrid field. Everybody wants real grass. That's what all the football players want. You know, the Tottenham Spurs, their billion dollars worth of soccer players, they play on the grass field. They don't play on the combination field. So, yeah, that bothers me. You know it does. I just I'm, – I'm annoyed by that. Mm -hmm. And I certainly think we saw some injuries today that, you know, you certainly could question if it was the field or not. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to continue to fight that fight. The Bills, their three and two start, not terrible, but it is their worst since 2018, the last time that they missed the playoffs, which is an indication how good they've been, and also is an indication maybe we shouldn't have apologized for leaving the Bills out of the postseason picture. Well, well maybe we, we, we rescind our apology from last week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I still feel like it's postseason's coming. Yeah, the injuries are a concern. The injuries for me. are a huge concern. A hundred percent. There's two things: injuries, game changing, right? You know, hey, we said about Jacksonville's good. They're talented. They are. And I think the other thing we were seeing here is just the AFC's really good. Yeah. So if you have a team with one, oh, I'm having an off week or we are not motivated or a little banged up, it can the, the pendulum can swing that aggressively to where we were literally going the Dolphins and what the Bills did to them last week was so impressive and are they the best team in, the fo in football and all of that? Oh, we're banged up. Oh, damn, Jacksonville's healthy, and they're really talented. And, uh, hey, it, it was 25-20, to 20, but, but felt like Jacksonville controlled the game more than a five-point victory. Good for the Jaguars. They get a win, and now they have to come across the pond 
for their next game too. So that'll be that'll be difficult. <laughs> difficult for them. We got a couple teams now as we move on to the section. We have a heartbeat. We thought they might be dead. Damn. We thought that we might have to bury them early, but no. Hold on. Hold your horses. The Falcons defeat the Texans 21-19. Atlanta coming off losses to Detroit and Jacksonville the previous two weeks. They hadn't scored more than seven points in either of the losses. Desmond Ritter woke up in this one, and you had challenged him. You had floated it out there that maybe it was Taylor Heineke time in Atlanta. He goes 28 of 37, 329 yards, a touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, he come up, came up big late in the game. He stepped up with your uh, with your mounting pressure on the quarterback position in Atlanta. Well, yeah, it, it wasn't me. I mean, the pressure was on. Yeah. I really do feel that if he had an average or below average day, that next week would have been Taylor Heineke starting. I think it was that. I think that's where they were at this, right? Very best best game of his young career, mm-hmm. right? Because you know they ran the ball okay today, but. In most of their victories, we see them control the line of scrimmage and go, oh, man, they dominated around the football and Ritter threw for like 130 yards and they found a way to win the game, right? Or maybe 180 or something like that. This was a day here where, you know, Houston was all over the run game and they were kind of calling their bluff. Like, yeah. hey, you know, if you're going to win, you're going to have to throw it. We're, we're not going to let you run the ball. They only averaged 2.7 yards per carry. So it was, it was tough sledding. And, you know, they started to open it up and – Pitts got involved. Drake London got involved. And the biggest thing here, and and this game had a lot of the feel, a little bit of the Ravens and the Steelers, where you were like, wait, the Falcons are kind of controlling this football game, but kind of messing it up a little bit. Yes. They had a late hit on a penalty that on a third down that took them out of field goal range. Bijan Robinson fumbled one time. Yes. It gave the Falcons a short field field goal, right? Uh, they march right down the field on another drive, and Jonu Smith fumbles. So there was this is one of those games where you kept going, oh, Atlanta's about to take control. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, this happened. And then C.J. Stroud, of course, who is still one of my man crushers in football, you give him too many chances, he's going to dice your ass up like we saw. And he, they finally started to, you know, put some things together. And felt they like the game, game winner. really interesting. Yeah, it felt right. like the game winner there like with C.J. Stroud. No but I did write it. in my notes here, and even though we started it with Desmond Ritter and the big numbers, they did only score 21 points. And I wrote credit to the Falcons' defense for keeping Texans in check because they did have to face some short fields and fumbles and turnovers and missed opportunities by the offense. Exactly right. The Falcons' D is the star of their team, right? We know they can run the ball, and I, that'll continue to be a thing. But the Falcons' D – to me, has got everything. You know, they're another one I look at. You go, their secondary is super talented. They got some big people on the front line, right? And, you know, maybe not a, a household name pass rusher at this point, um, but I don't think most people realize that the Falcons went into, the, into this weekend as the seventh-ranked defense in football, right? And, you know, not that their schedule has been, like, the hardest ever, but it, it hasn't been easy. I mean, Detroit and Jacksonville, as we saw, are pretty good offenses. And, you know, they, they did okay in slowing them down. Um, but, yes, today that was the big thing of the game, is holding the Texans to field goals and a lot of those times in short fields where you go, oh, no, you know, Atlanta's in control. Holy cow, here's Houston. If they score a touchdown here, it might put Atlanta in a game where, oh, no, they're going to have to throw more than they'd like and drop back and be a little too obvious with that aspect. 
and uh, their defense held them in it, like you said, and then then Ritter started to hit some big plays. Ritter is now 31-0 and as a starter at home in college and in the pros. So at Cincinnati, he was 26-0 and at home, and now in the pros as a starter, he is 5-0 and That's amazing. in Atlanta. Lock him, lock him in Atlanta. Take away his uh, his passport. Heineke on the road, yeah. and you play Ritter at home, yeah. right? Yeah. Tell him he needs a passport to travel around the NFL. And I take give it them away credit for hanging with their quarterback, the guy that they evaluated all offseason yep. and said, this is our guy. We're going to stay with him, even though it hasn't been pretty. And uh, we'll see if this, you know, jump starts him and gives him some confidence and gets their offensive pass game going. There is a little controversy in this game, though. Yeah. I heard in the broadcast they were going with Bajan. Bajan Robinson and I've heard that a couple other places and so Pete did some digging and you're a Texas guy so maybe you have some inside information on this uh his mom a while ago asked him one day how come you pronounce your name like that Bijan and he goes I don't know because people say Bijan and that's just how I say it and so someone asked him like well then how should it be said he's like well my mom thinks it's like Bajan but I say Bijan you can pick whatever one you want my gosh (laughs) What's up with these damn? Can't be what's wrong. up with these running backs from Texas who can't get their damn names right? Who's the other one? A Chan. I mean, that was like oh, A Chan, A Chain. Roshan Johnson. Is I, it Roshan or Roshon? <laughs> that one I think is <laughs> Roshan. You're yeah. funny. Uh, but no, I, I did not know about that. That yeah. is uh, well. We'll see. So which one are you gonna pick? Well, if Mama says it's Bajan, then I'm going with Bajan. No, but then you, but then you're going to seem like, what's wrong with Chris? Why can't he say the name right if everyone else is saying Bijan? It's going to be tough because I had a, a friend growing up named Bijan, Bijan, like yeah. like you said it. So now that goes into my head instantly. But Bajan, I could throw that out there. I could do that. Mama named Bajan. I'm gonna call him Bajan. Okay. All right. All right. All right, Pete. <laughs> you heard it here first. Chris is going with Bajan on Football Night in America until he gets. Too much, too much uh, negative you feedback. You don't even know what that's from, that movie. I have you no idea. Know. you got to see Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. Oh, I have seen that movie, right? actually. You I know? have seen that. Right. Well, so that's the scene yeah. in the barbershop when he, Muhammad Ali, they go, Mama call him Clay. Oh, Mama yes. call him Clay. Yes. Right? That, that's, have, yeah. So that's where I was going off there. Thank you for doing that because yeah. every time I think, like, usually in the comments or somewhere, everyone's like, Ahmed totally missed that movie reference. <laughs> but I'm glad people get it out there. The homies get every one of them. So keep doing them. They just okay, go right good, over good, my head. Good. Uh, congratulations to the Falcons for your victory against the Texans by two. Congratulations to the Jets. Nathaniel Hackett. Gets his revenge on Sean Payton for all the negative comments that he made in the offseason about the bad job that Hackett did. Sean Payton hasn't done a great job so far. They lose by 10, 31-21. The Jets had three straight losses since that week one overtime win versus the Bills, and so they needed this one uh, badly. What do you think? Because Andrew Hazard, 989, says, damn okay for Nate Hackett beat Sean Payton. That is the headline. Yeah, for this yeah that's the headline, no, no doubt. I mean, geez, good for him, right? good win for the Jets to follow up the wait we almost beat the Super Bowl champs last week at home right you weren't sure how they were going to come out are they going to be like hey we're good now and we can play with the Chiefs we'll play with anybody it was sloppy mm-hmm. it wasn't a pretty football game there by so any many, stretch, of the nap- stretch of the imagination so many short field goals it was oh like they would gosh. drive into the red zone it was like 30 yard field nobody goal. could score no one could score no I mean um we had turnovers bad throws bad clock management at the end of the first half uh, by the Jets where they throw an out route they're in field goal range the guy they have no timeouts they don't get anything there of course the bad back shoulder throw by Zach Wilson at the end of the game yeah right that gets intercepted 
where, again, I want to say, like, I know we want to be aggressive with Zach Wilson and be more aggressive than what they were early on here. But also still, like, realize he's still Zach Wilson, and we can't totally just put him in the trust tree in every big moment and go, oh, he's going to do it. Like, they got to protect him from him a little bit and for the betterment of themselves. You know, that was one there at the end of the football game with the back shoulder to Garrett Wilson where I just want to go kick the field, be simple, mm -hmm. kick the field goal, and go up 27-21, just like we talked about last week with the Bears-Broncos, and make the Broncos and Russell Wilson and Sean Payton who are feeling all the pressure go down and score a touchdown yeah. on your defense. Instead, they do that, they get that, and now you're like, oh, gosh, I mean, here we are, and if they kick a field goal here, we're going to go into overtime. So that's where they just need to manage some of those situations better. But nonetheless, D made some big plays and some big moments, which we expect from the Jets, right? And Brees Hall is a star. I mean, Brees Hall is the key to their success. And when they can have a little success running with him and you give him just a little bit of a space, he's a home run hitter. And it changes their football team. And then, of course, it opens up things for Zach Wilson in the pass offense and makes things easier there, too. Uh, good win for the Jets and yeah. Matt Hackett and shoving it up Sean Payton's you-know-what and the uh, whole Broncos organization there. Yeah, you got Brees Lightning. And then at the end of the game, you had Bryce Lightning with the fumble recovery touchdown by Bryce Hall uh, to seal the deal for the New York Jets. Um, yeah, there was you one of the – I mean, the Broncos are going to be sick a little, too. Why? Oh, well, I mean – Russell strip sack at the end of the game. Yes. Right? I mean, they're, they're driving to get a field goal. Boom, they score a touchdown, strip sack. P. Ryan fumbles on another drive where they were kind of driving. Right? And then the Mims fumble, I can't remember if he did that on a punt return. No, I want to no, say it was, was, a, there was a pitch. It was a reverse. Oh, it was a reverse and pitch, uh, and he kind of dropped it on the reverse. That's P, what it was. P. Ryan, it was a high pitch. It was a reverse. And it was funny because I was listening to Matt Ryan. He made a couple good points when he was on the call for this game. He didn't like that call from Sean Payton because Sauce Gardner had just gone out of the game with an injury, and he was like, you got a practice squad player now in the secondary, number 31, who had come into the game. He was like, why are you trying to run a reverse? Why don't you try to attack that guy the first play with Sauce Gardner? So he didn't like that. That's a valid point. Um, you're right. There was a fumbled punt returned by the Jets, but then Russell Wilson was sacked, fumbled it right back to the Jets after that, so they couldn't take advantage of of that one. So there were there were some miscues it was sloppy. back and forth. It was a game that had a little bit of everything as far as sloppiness is concerned. And, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I it's a good win for the Jets. The Jets' offense still, as we know, needs to be better. Yeah. But I think, again, we saw another step in the right – there was moments of consistency from Zach Wilson in a few different drives. And the run game, as we see, if they can get that going. And the defense is really damn good. You know, I wish, again, they'd start the game better a little bit that way. But, man, they made a lot of plays and were all over Russell Wilson. And they're close to making a whole bunch of other plays, too. Uh, so it makes me think that, the, that it's only a matter of time before this Jets defense really, like, has a a show out. You know, what do I want to be? A, a big game to just be like, hey, we are the real deal on Holy that side field. of the ball. Exactly. Real deal Quincy what, Williams. What? Amari Jet says right. to you. we got to give him a little shout-out here. Damn okay, Quincy Williams. Uh, in the conversation for a top five to top three linebacker in the NFL. Dude is everywhere around the field. He had nine tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble there. Qu at the Quincy end. Williams, I'd put him up there as far as acceleration and speed with any linebacker in the sport, right? And then that, that was him at the end of the game who closed in on Russell Wilson and stripped him. 
and and really ended up winning the football game for them there. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a Broncos team that's still finding their way. You know, they are still not great on defense as we saw. They got issues in the run game and the pass game. I mean, it's a Jets offense that had 407 yards of offense, right? That yeah. doesn't usually go along with them. Uh, there's that. But here's a bright spot for the the Broncos. Okay. The damn running back, McLaughlin. Yeah, he looked good. They found something there. I mean, he's got three rockets up his ass. I mean, he really does. I mean, he made some game-changing plays and flip field position, uh, you know, pass game and run game that really, like, popped out to me. So he was something definitely a, a, a standout for the Broncos and, and their football team. Something to be happy about if you're a Broncos fan. The result was not something to be happy about. Or was this tweet from the New York Jets at the end that there's the King of Queens who has become a meme on the Internet now. Multiple Get my coach's memes. name out your mouth is what Aaron uh, Rodgers and said. The, and the Jets go, when you lose to the offseason champs. Oh, Ouch. Damn. damn. The hard knocks champs, the Aaron Rodgers <laughs> offseason champs yeah. came in and beat you. Yeah, that's that's the look that you have on your face. So the uh, Jets get the win. They have the last laugh. Two and three, one. the Jets. Two and three. Good defense. They'll be in the mix. Got, a, the, got mix. the Eagles coming to town this week. That won't be easy. But still, two and three at least sets you up for, hey, no matter what happens to the Eagles, they're not out of it. And if it's two and four, whatever it is after that, uh, you know, they're, they're still in this and they still got a lot of talent. And let's just see if Zach Wilson and company continue to grow. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It is over in Santa Clara. It has gone final. The 49ers have defeated the Dallas Cowboys. You're finding this out for the first time on this podcast. We will give you the final score. 42 to 10. Uh, that was domination. They Complete obliterated domination. Them. They obliterated them. The Cowboys came out in the second half and did a, had a tough field goal drive and were absolutely smothered from that point on. 421 total yards by the 49ers offense, 197 by the Cowboys mm -hmm. offense, right? 25 first downs for the 49ers, 8 for the Cowboys. There you go. 37 minutes of time and possession. By the 49ers, 22 with 55 seconds from Dallas. Yeah, not going to get it done. You know, they're a tough matchup, uh, as we know, as, as far as the 49ers and the Cowboys there. It's, the Cowboys do not match up well with them. 
and they're going to have to find some new ways and some new avenues to attack them on the offensive side of the ball. Throwing the ball short and quick, which Dallas is doing a lot of this year, it's just it's not conducive to being the 49ers. The 49ers, their, their defenses are all played to take away that stuff. They're kind of one of those defenses you hear me say all the time. They dare you to go, we don't think you'll throw it deep. We don't think you'll throw it outside the numbers. We're going to call your bluff. And, you know, the, the the Cowboys couldn't find anything along those lines to really scare the 49ers or back them off the they whole night. They didn't have a reception over 30 yards. Dak throws for 153 yards and those three interceptions. Yeah. No, it's uh, Dak's going to hear about it. And, you know, the the all three interceptions were – were pretty bad. They were. You know, the one at the end of Burks is really bad. He threw a post route into a bad coverage look that Gibson got. And I can't remember the Fred Warner interception. I believe that was off of a tip. But Fred Warner also had the forced fumble uh, on Tony Pollard, too, and a big moment early on in the football game that gave the 49ers the short field to go in and score, uh, score a touchdown as well. Brock Purdy goes 17 of 24. That's 71% completion percentage, which is a significant drop-off from last game, which was, what, 90-something percent? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, he's he's the, on fire. The Brock Party continues. Yeah, well, as I said, like, you know, I know Shanahan last week got pissed off, right, about or just was like, oh, that's ridiculous to call him a, a system quarterback, right? There's this, like, negative connotation around system quarterback right now. Yeah, that you need a system, I think, is the idea. You, you would not be good without the system. Well, yeah, which, which, you know, again, I think is an overrated talking point. I do. A lot of quarterbacks can't run the system like Brock Purdy does. He's got a talent to do that, right? There's nothing wrong with, like, being a quarterback like that. I mean – you know, Joe Montana ran the West Coast system to perfection. I would argue every quarterback who is good runs the system, and the system helps the quarterback. It, it, to, exactly right. I mean, almost always. Like, we, only a few can overcome the system, and they, it usually doesn't mean they overcome it to winning a Super Bowl. Like you heard me say earlier before the podcast, I read, Elway, yeah, he didn't have a system. He was great. You know, went to three Super Bowls, lost all three. Got with Mike Shanahan, got in the system, got a running game. Oh, he won two Super Bowls. Oh, he's a system quarterback. I don't know. It's just a little bit of an overblown topic at times. And the the beauty of Purdy and the strength of Purdy is the fact that he can take all this offense in and process it all throughout the week, at the line of scrimmage, when motions are going, everything like that, and still know what's being done, read the defense, know where to go the ball. I remember what Shanahan taught me and all that. The 49ers are special. They really are. They're unbelievable the way they run the ball and then him on top of this. This is where like, I was trying to say to people all week, like everyone was like, oh, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. I'm going, the 49ers are better than last year. The offense is more, it's tougher this year than it was last year and that when they played them in the divisional round, they were still in like, hey, let's manage Brock Purdy. Let's not let him mess it up. He's young. You know, we'll kind of control the ball and play through our defense. Now it's like, no, we don't care. We're attacking on both sides of the ball, and that's where they're scary and are clearly the best team in football through five weeks. Nine touchdowns, no interceptions this season for Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey has a touchdown for the 14th straight game right now, but Heinrich St. John has a little bit of a concern with him. Is Shanahan overusing Christian McCaffrey, who has been injured before? The amount of plays we see him in begs the question, can you keep going at this current pace into the postseason and still be effective? I, I say it all the time. I think you've heard me say it. I think we've said it on the pod here a little bit. 
I worry about them overworking him. Not accusing you, Henriksen, John, of stealing our talking point. No, but, uh, no, it's a I good think one. it's a valid question. It is. You know, I, 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 I am one to go. Yeah, let's take a little bit off of his workload a little bit. Let's let's let Jordan Mason run a few balls every now and then. You know, he's featured. He's so talented, and he's such a mismatch. Not only because he's a really gifted runner, but as we know, when they put him out at receiver or anything like that, nobody, linebackers and safeties cover running backs, and none of them in football can cover him out of the backfield. And so Shanahan loves those kind of threats and toys to play with there. But, yeah, he's got to be careful about wearing him into the ground. But yeah. McCaffrey is the greatest white football player I've ever seen. I mean, like I've never seen a white skill guy like Christian McCaffrey. I'm I'm dead serious. I, I I'm not even I'm not even being like funny. I've never seen anything like him. Yeah. Right. And, and just to be that quick, that explosive, everything like it. Like I'm crowning him the greatest white skill guy in the history of the NFL right now. Well, I'm crowning him he's going to have to be great if he keeps this up because he's on pace for 408 touches this year. He Holy. led the NFL coming into the week with 97 touches. He had another 19 carries and three catches. Right, out and, of the and backfield. He, he did fumble tonight. I was wrong. Pollard fumbled, and then McCaffrey ended up fumbling a few plays later. I got it mixed up a little bit there, but yeah, I, I listen. It, the, he is their ultimate toy, their ultimate yeah. chess piece that, that really puts defenses in a bind. Yes. And that's where I would say if my buddy Shanahan asked me, I'd go, hey, like 5% less touches per game. And then we get to the playoffs, go all in and mm -hmm. kill them. I don't care. But let's get there first and, and not wear them out before that. But not yeah, literally yeah, kill them, yeah, you don't, know, figuratively. Yeah, you're going to need them next year, yeah. too. So, yeah, keep them, <laughs> keep them alive at least. Uh, you know, some teams, though, don't need some of their biggest playmakers. They're just so good that they don't even need that. As we go into the we're going streaking section, of course I'm talking about my Detroit Lions. You look at the injury report, no Amon Russ St. Brown yep. out for the game, no Jameer Gibbs out for the game. Didn't matter, didn't stop him, didn't slow him down. 42 points against the Carolina Panthers, 42-24, to 24, third straight win for my Lions, best start since 2011. They're 4-1 right now. And I will tell you what, I can count on one hand – the amount of Detroit Lions games I have seen in my lifetime that I have enjoyed, like the one that I saw today, yeah. because it was just so easy. That is very You're, rare. No, that I, we get to the fourth quarter, yeah. and I know the Lions are going to win. Yeah, go ahead. Feel good about it. I feel you great should. about it. No, I mean, you should. Like, I, I'll say today, I, I again, I, every week I feel like I break down a barrier with the Lions. I think I'm like a lifelong, like it's in my head where I'm like, oh, it's gonna, they're going to fuck this up, right? This That's what we say, Lions, too. That's right? what we say, I too. I know. But today was like where I've been telling you I'm trying to get over Jared Goff, right? Like, hey, Jared Goff's real. It's good. Like, stop trying to think it's going to fall back to what it was two, three years ago with the Rams, right? We've gone past that. Same thing with the Lions. Like, I was sitting there today just going – the Lions, like we've talked about with a few teams here today, they do it in their own way. But like the 49ers or the Dolphins, they, it's, they attack you all the time. That's what I look at them. Their offense is incredible. They can gash you with a 40-yard run or a 40-yard pass, and it, it doesn't matter which way they do it. I mean, you start the game with two big passes, a big run, touchdown. Hey, 7 nothing. we're up. 
And then they try to throw a little screen pass, and freak Aiden Hutchinson makes an unbelievable one-handed interception. <laughs> yes. And you're like, damn, it's 14 to nothing. They got it. You know, your D's not like it was in years past. So you're just going, okay. I mean, and then, you know, they the the, the, um, the, the Panthers answer and go in like a tough drive, right? But then I think your defense created another turnover. I think that's where Bryce Young threw the interception on the left sideline, right? Well, there was another one, too, where the Lions went for fourth down around the 40, didn't get it, but yep. then got a fumble by the Panthers and got the ball right back. That's maybe what I'm thinking about. They got the ball right back, and then they ran the trick play for the touchdown, right? That was the the toss sweep. He tossed it to the re uh, receiver on the reverse. He tossed it to Jared Goff, who then threw it to Laporta up the sidelines. I might be a little off on that You might that have one. the order off here, I think but that play did run. happen, the reverse flea flicker, it which did was awesome. It, it did happen. It might have happened. I can't remember if it happened after the fumble or after the interception. But either way, yeah, your D stops the run, right? You can rush the passer a little bit, and I don't see a ton of people open in the pass game when people play Detroit right now. Detroit's got it going. They're definitely one of the better teams in football, and they put the pressure on you on both sides of the ball all game long. Right. And that's where I'm really impressed with them. So here was on draft day. You know, a lot of people chuckled when they took the running back high and they took uh, the linebacker high, Jack Campbell. But when they traded down and yes, they could have taken Jalen Carter and he would have been awesome. And I would have I would have enjoyed that. So they could have done that in an alternate universe. And I would have been OK with that. But when they traded down, they got Jameer Gibbs and they got the top of the second round pick. And with that top of the second round pick, they got the tight end from Iowa, Who's Sam Laporta, who is a beast, who continues to be a beast. And I think we have dots on his 31 yard. Uh, touchdown this was the double pitch reverse we have the dots on the double pitch reverse the double pitch this reverse. made it 28 to 7 so this was the play after young threw the interception to make it 28 7 all right so i got my facts straight finally either way you knew the dolphins uh, i mean the uh, detroit lions are dangerous we saw this same exact play from the 49ers tonight they threw a touchdown pass to george kittle on the same exact play but yeah again oh we're playing the reverse right Okay, we pitch it back to the quarterback. Laporta kind of slow plays it like he's blocking for the toss sweep in the reverse. And then what happens when that happens? Well, oh, wait, I'm being blocked. The guy defending him or covering him starts to look in the backfield. He sheds him, and it's like, oh, no. And then, of course, that's where you see 21 chasing him from behind. But Laporta is really good in both areas of the football game, running and passing. And that's where Detroit's dangerous. They, they literally can just go, wait. How's this team playing us? What are they good at? We'll do the other. Oh, they're good at stopping the run? Then we'll play action and gash you in the pass game. Oh, they're playing to stop the pass and the play action? Well, we'll gash you in the run game. You know, you got a little bit of that, let alone your defense is the real deal this year, and that's where um, I, I don't remember the Lions ever looking like this in my lifetime. Even in the 91 Lions, I did not feel like their team was like this, right? Uh, you guys are legit in, in all areas. They're entering the conversation now of top three in the NFC. I think they're in that 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys. I mean, you could make no the doubt. case for Lions over Cowboys. They'll play with the Cowboys. The, cow they, the, the, the Cowboys, that would be a, the Lions will be a tough matchup for the Cowboys. It's almost like the 49ers. It's going to be the same thing, at least for the Cowboys defense, where they're going to have to overcommit to stop on the run because they're not big enough. 
and it's going to make them vulnerable to some big plays down in the pass, you know, down the field in the pass game. Now your defense isn't the 49ers defense, but your defense is still really damn good. Been better, uh, been a it, lot no, better it, this it's, year. It's ridiculous. I mean, you're stopping the run as good as anybody in football, and big plays in the pass game they don't happen often. And this one they didn't really happen until the game got out of hand, yep. and the Panthers got some late yards and and cheap points that way. Carolina, the only winless team this season. Could be a long year. It's going to be a long year. They're they're not going. Their D is good, and they won't have the number one pick. That goes no, to the Bears. I know. I know. Oof. Their D is good, but um, yeah, for the way they're built, they need their D and their run game to work, and then just Bryce Young to make a few plays here and there. But right now, the D is okay. It's not playing as good as it can. And they're getting in situations where Bryce Young and company have to throw the ball too often, and they're just not that good enough in the pass game right now to say, oh, we'll carry the game by ourselves without a run game. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, the Panthers, I think, got some, some tough times ahead here. Carolina winless. The Eagles defeatless. 5-0 and for the second straight season. They defeat the Rams. 23-14 was the final one in this one. Uh, our guy Cooper Cup. He came back in the in the game and like Stafford was like I'm just going to throw to him exclusively. It's like he I'm going to just get him his numbers as if he had played up until this point. Well, it's a little bit like maybe like <laughs> we talked about with Jamar Chase, right, with the yeah. Bengals, right? This is what McVay does. This is why you know Puka Nakua had all these catches to start the year. Every play to start the game was for Cooper Cup. Every play, right? And some of the guys will tell you in the back, I was like calling out plays going like, hey, watch, they're going to do all this and it's going to be Cooper Cup over the middle. And it just, that's what McVay does. And again, it goes back into, he's going to make you defend something and to open up some other things, you know, for their offense. The Rams hang in there, as we always know. They're well coached. Their defense gave the Eagles a tough time there for a while. You know, they're, they're, they're creative on both sides of the ball. They just don't have the people to mess with the Eagles. Yeah, we should show the combination between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown because for the second week in a row and, and many weeks from here on out, they will dominate and they will fill up the stat sheet. Uh, there it is for Jalen Hurts, 303 yards through the air, 72 on the ground, two total touchdowns. A.J. Brown, 127 through the air, third straight game with 125 or more receiving yards. They're unstoppable at times. They are. No, they're they're what they're what they've showed me the last 2 weeks and where they're a little different than maybe would have I would have said last year or maybe some of the people that like thinking I'm I'm negative on Jalen Hurts. All right. What I like about what I've seen 2 weeks in a row here is teams playing things to stop the run or the run not working and the Eagles being able to go, "Oh, okay." Well, that's no big deal. We'll we'll tear you up in the pass game. You feel like Hertz has more answers this year than last year? I do. I do. I th I feel like there's more precision precision passing over the middle that's going on compared to last year. Where last year I felt like anytime he's in trouble, it was kind of just like, hey, throw a jump ball to AJ, throw a ball to Devontae Smith. Now he's like, wait, wait, I could touch this over the linebacker over the middle and hit Goddard or hit somebody else work in the middle of the field. So as we know, they have answers for everything. I don't, again, I don't think they played their best ball today. Yeah. Right. And what I do worry about them a little bit is you know, in their secondary, their scheme itself, they don't seem to be very good at playing zone coverage. And they're a good man-to-man -man team. But as we know, you play a ton of man in this league with these receivers and some of these play callers, it's dangerous. And that's where I, I do worry about their ability to stop the pass maybe against some of the better passing teams in football. I know they're going to win. They're never going to lose battles up front. I know that. But that would be my one thing I look at at them 
right now to just go, hey, if you can block them a little, like we saw with Sam Howell and company, you know, I do think there's ways to attack them down the field in the pass game. They got the Jets coming up next. I mean, should be interesting. It's not going to be easy for that Philadelphia offense for sure, right? The big thing is, is can the Jets offense do anything on the Philadelphia Eagles defense? Yeah, that's going to be the big thing. Uh, but there'll be a lot of green on the field that day. Eagles, one of two remaining undefeated teams with the San Francisco 49ers because we all know that my Detroit Lions beat the Chiefs on the opening night game, but they have four straight wins since then due to the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Vikings 27-20. Andy Reid, 251st career regular season win, passes Tom Landry for fourth all-time. Round of applause for Andy Reid right yeah. here. Do you want to clap for Andy Reid? Way to go, Andy Reid. Way to go. Why don't you uh, we, give me one of those nuggies, right? You ever seen that commercial right now where they're explaining home insurance to him and Mahomes? With and Jake, they're using the burgers, Jake from Stay, and they're using yeah. and he and he's eating their burgers as they're explaining to it. That's right. right? Yeah. And then he wants them to explain it with the nuggets so he can eat their nuggets. Yeah, right? That's right. It's, it's that's funny. right. It's a food joke. Well, I mean, what Reed. a cool guy he is. First <laughs> off, a head coach that does commercials with his quarterback yes. like that doesn't go down a lot right I think that speaks to like them in general and the relationship have and how cool and eagle-less they both are and why they can just make it work week after week all right so what do you what do you make of this one because uh the Chiefs were were up the Vikings kind of kept it close late you know yeah. Kirk Cousins they're never going to give up they're used to playing in these close one score games played in a ton of them last year won a ton of them last year not uh on that same side of it this year they dropped to one and four um, but what would you make? Well, yeah, what's your big takeaway from the Chiefs victory here by a touchdown? I, I, I think the big thing that I look at with the Chiefs right now, we the defense is really encouraging, right? Again, to me, the defense was kind of the star of the show once again. You know, I mean, just didn't let Justin Jefferson go off, right? You know, Kirk Cousins' numbers were good but not great. There was no run game to speak of. I think that's what I'm most surprised with with the Chiefs this year is that the defense week after week has been a handful. The thing that I worry about is offense is hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's work for them. I know they're still good and one of the best offenses in football. I get it. I know that. But it's just a lot of jamming into a tight window Oh, the pocket's collapsing. Let me make a move and throw a ball sidearm into another tight window. Oh, this guy caught a ball and broke this guy's ankles and did something else and just got the first down, right? I guess that's kind of what I feel right now. And, and to me, I look at them, and it's a little like we talked about last year, but I think I'm a little bit even more concerned this year than last year. They need another weapon on the offensive side of the ball in the pass game. That's what I worry about with them right now. Lip smackling good is on that path. He goes, what are you seeing from Mahomes in the wide receiver room with the Chiefs? I'm not worried, parentheses, yet. But what do they need to improve in? Also, don't forget to sleep, guys. We will we will sleep when we're done <laughs> with this one. But, yeah, I mean, the, the wide receivers, the relationships he has, he's, he's always spread it around, right, especially since they went away from Tyreek, and we saw it last year. Right. It's just like I'll, I'll, I'll get all you guys involved for one or two or three catches a game. Um, but, yeah, with the weapons they have, and, yeah, how do they – it's too reliant on Mahomes right now. You know how we used to be like with Josh Allen? It was always like, hey, it's, it's, it's always Allen, Allen, yeah. Allen. And right now, that's you know at least there's a little running game to go with this. But I still feel like in every big pass situation, I just want to go, can someone catch a slant and run for 40 more yards? Can somebody do that? Right? 
I mean, does it always have to be him finding Kelsey over the middle in a big moment to get, oh, it's third and five. Oh, it's Kelsey for six. Oh, he got it again. Like, that's just what it feels like too much. Or him fading away on a third and 18 early in the second half and throwing it up to the 50-yard line and Watson just taking it away. I guess. That's what I mean. So it's like, you know, those are plays where you'd anybody else you'd go, that's luck right there. But they do it like four times a week where you're just like, no, that's what they do. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But, yeah, you know, again, can you beat the one and four Vikings that way? Sure. Can you beat the other upper echelon teams in football that way? I don't know right now. And where, you know, hey, listen, as you've always heard me say, their offense is good, right? It's really good. They do a lot of moving parts and creative, right? But the, the way they run their offense, it's predicated on somebody being scary. And right now the only scary thing is Mahomes. And then, oh, him finding Kelsey underneath, right? And that, to me, would be the big thing there. You know, Kadarius, Tony, they can't ever seem to really get him going on a regular basis. You don't see anybody catch, like, you know, big passes down the field on a regular basis, right? So that, to me, is where I'm worried about them a little bit. And we've seen what now? The Jaguars game last week against the Jets. This game right here, Right. And your Lions game early in the year was kind of like they did a few good ones, but a lot of little uh too, mm -hmm. to where we've seen three games of like kind of like average offensive performances by the the Chiefs. Now I know their numbers are always somewhat good. They right. got one of the fucking, if not the greatest quarterback ever in the history of football but playing. He, he did throw it forty-one times for only two hundred eighty-one yards. That's what I mean by how much work it is. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly right. Thank yeah. you for bringing me back there. That's a lot of work and a lot of throws for only 281 yards, and that's what I worry about them going in the future. Here. Good thing for them is they're still finding the rhythm and they're 4-1 while they're still winning. Still finding exactly the they right. are still winning. Right. It is time for Give Me the Headlines, presented by Hyundai. We have two games to talk about here. We'll start with the Colts defeating the Tennessee Titans 23-16, the final score. Your headline for this game is? Well, a running colt gathers no moss. Wow. Do you believe that? <laughs> yeah. Pete says it makes so much sense, and he says that because he came up with it. And I've never heard of a colt us. getting moss on them ever. Well, but, not if they're running fast, but, and that's what the colts are doing. <laughs> no. That was um, you know, a little bit deflating just because Anthony Richardson got hurt, right? Yes. Shoulder uh, injury, AC joint. Yeah, I don't know. Like Derek Carr was able to come back, but that was kind of rare. So I, I don't know. He might be out a couple weeks. Uh, they they got to be careful. The doctor in me says he might be out a couple weeks. Careful, protect him. Right. It just shows you what a brutal sport the NFL is. It doesn't matter how big and tough you are. You think you're in college. Yeah. You get in the NFL. It's a different game. Yeah. These guys are just bigger, faster. It, it's a way more physical style of game. Um. Uh, the the I've blown I mean the run the ball like that on the Titans so twenty three carries for Zach Moss one sixty five Jonathan Taylor came back signed a big contract which you know part of me is like scratching my head on on why they relented on that do you know why they because Moss has been running very well they've been very effective as a running team they made all the points why you don't need to pay a running back and. Quite honestly, the offense was proving that fact. Well, I, 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 I don't get it now either. Why didn't we just pay him this five weeks ago? Could have done that too. Right. I, I don't understand it. Now, they're probably looking at a handful of these plays that were going, 
And I think it's fair because I remember seeing a few in the Ravens, and I've seen a few plays to go, hey, that was a good run. They got 15. But if that was Jonathan Taylor, so I've said that to myself a few times, sure. and I'm sure they've seen that and gone, damn, that's a touchdown for Jonathan Taylor. Yep. It's a 25-yard gain for Zach Moss. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful. Jonathan Taylor's just a pretty special specimen that way. Well, and how great is it to have both of them they, Exactly right. It is. And in this day and age, to have that, and I think we're starting to see that they're like a legit running team, to your point. You know, this is the Shane Steichen effect. Shane, he's, got, he's great at not only – before the game game planning but then as the game goes along figuring out wait they're playing us like this this run will be a, a pain in the ass for them let's do all that uh so that was the shocking thing but again their offense week in and week out continues to find a way find ways to move the ball and i did not expect them to run the ball like that on the tennessee titans the titans have been damn good at stopping the run this year i mean damn good and I just did not expect them to break as many big runs as they did and kind of control the, the line of scrimmage all day. Gardner Minshew comes in there and saves the day. He does this a few times a year now. This is like we're, we're into the Gardner Minshew part of the season right He's, now. You know, this is why we always have him in the low 30s, right, in the quarterback rankings and all that. He's definitely one of the best backup quarterbacks in football, maybe – a good starting quarterback. I'm not saying, you know, he's a top 20 guy, but he, damn, he, I mean, you could see he can run an offense. He does the right thing with the ball. People open downfield. He'll make some big plays there, right? And this game, it wasn't like, I know you look at the numbers in the run game and you go, oh, the Colts must have dominated this. No, the Titans actually showed offensive ability in this football game too. Yeah, Derrick Henry down at the goal line. I, I mean, what? At the end of the game. Holy crap. I mean, that, we saw Tannehill in the past game have some moments. DeAndre Hopkins had his best game as a Titans there, uh, as a Titan football player. Um, but, yeah, you know, get stopped on fourth and two, right? And then shotgun run on fourth and two. All right, so they get the big pass to Hopkins. It gets them down the field. They're there in the red area to score a touchdown. I hated the fourth down call. It's shotgun Derrick Henry, he's got to run sideways for a few yards before he can get downhill and ever get the momentum that makes him so dangerous. That was one thing that certainly jumped out to me that I didn't love. Uh, but then the Colts, I mean, that, that was the end of the game, right? I mean, that was really what did it because they made the stop there. I think Moss had another big run, and then Moss had a big catch and got them down the field to kick the field goal to go up 23-16, and that was kind of all she wrote. Uh, Sammy Lambert also wants to give a damn okay to Zaire Franklin. He says, going to have 100 tackles by Halloween. He's awesome. 12 tackles today, 57 tackles this season. Yeah. Second in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he and EJ Speed have kind of been the, like, damn, I just didn't realize they were that good for that Colts defense. Right? They're the guys every week I go, man, 44 and 45, 44 and 45. Holy shit. Right? Uh, we knew some of the other guys were good on their team, but yeah. Like, really impressive Zaire Franklin. He was everywhere today. Uh, he, I mean, made tackle after tackle. Uh, big, big-time win for the Colts. Colts are another team where I keep going, oh, they're young, it's a new head coach, it's going to fall off here a little bit, and it just shows you how good Steichen is. They have a good game plan every week, and that defense is a, a handful, and here they are sitting 3-2. and two. Yeah, 3-2. and two. The Titans fall to 2-3. and three. Uh, One more game to talk about. The Saints smother the Patriots 34 nothing your headline for this game is kill bill part two kill bill part two like 
And I'm saying that with exclamations and question marks because I cannot believe what I've seen in the last two weeks. Yeah. I I just never thought we would see this. It was the same headline we used last week. We just had to throw the part two in there. It's his second worst loss as head coach, Bill Belichick's. His worst was the 35-point loss at Dallas last week. It, it's just they're doing things on a regular basis that we didn't see the Patriots do for 20 years. Pick six to start the game. Pick six, another offense lets the other team score a touchdown with their defense. I mean, holy crap. Big plays in the pass game, right? I mean, it's a pick six, and they hit a big pass to Rashid Shahid, and I look up, and the game's 14 nothing, And you're going, damn, this is not what the, the Patriots want to be. I mean, in that position, again, they're slow on offense. They can't run the ball right now. They have to throw the ball more than they would like. Their offense is good, but like Billy, it's predicated on them being able to run the ball a little bit. Billy O'Brien's not where he is because it's like, hey, I throw the ball forty-five times a game, and we just tear you up that way. Mm-hmm. It's not that you know creative and eccentric and all that. So they're being forced to play games that they're just they're not capable of winning. And and then you add that with the injuries and some of the things they got going on their roster. Like, yeah, I'm concerned. No doubt. Your best defensive player, Judon's out. Your secondary, which is always kind of your, wait, we're really good at coaching and being creative on that side. They're banged up. That's not the same. That's another big advantage taken away from them. They're usually pretty creative and physical in their run game, but they've been beat up on the O-line. They can't do that at all. Okay? So now they're being able to throw with a slow group of receivers and a quarterback that's really a system guy. Mm Mm-hmm. That would benefit from give me a million plays and coach me up instead of I'm going to be basic and throw lasers around the field. That's not who he is. And it's just all rolling downhill in a bad way. They're one and four right now. I'm regretting putting them in the playoffs because I don't think that's going to happen. No, it, um, I can sit here right now and tell you that that's not happening. You would kiss my foot. I'll if kiss they, your don't foot do this. part two. Okay. <laughs> Kill Bill part two. Kiss your foot part two if the Patriots get into the playoffs there you have it there's a run coming now for the new england patriots they're going to get things figured out and put things together but yeah i don't know they're they're starting over 14 on third down 156 of total yards of offense you know it's it's just uh, i don't even know what to say i mean the saints even like they had 17 first downs it's not like the saints were no it wasn't pretty the saints are the same thing we talk about too it's ugly on offense you know, but today at least they they can run the ball a little bit. They made a play or two in the pass game, but never even really had to because the mm-hmm. Patriots were just like, hey, here's the game right away. You're up. Go ahead. Run away with it. Uh, here, here's great field position. No problem. I mean, it's just it's, it's a disaster for the Patriots, and I don't know how it's going to really change. I don't. You know, the biggest thing to me is that they have not evolved on offense. That, that would be the biggest thing. Yep. They have not evolved scheme-wise, and they're still kind of old-world thoughts of, like, you know, we're just going to be big and we're going to play that way. And it's just like, no, you, you got to have some speed at receiver to scare some people. you got to have somebody, like we always talk about, that can maybe take a reverse or catch a slant and get change the field position, and they never have any of that. No. And it's just too hard to win the way they play week in and week out. They have no weapons right now. No. That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. We don't want to forget real quick, as we almost sign off, 
Big thanks to Pete back there punching the buttons late go, on a Sunday. Gabby is back there doing the go, graphics. Gabby? Matt Casey making sure that we don't Way to go, Matt uh, Casey. do anything too crazy late on a Sunday. And everyone in digital putting this together late at night. Uh, Bears, we got we to gotta praise the Bears. We might what? not have many opportunities. They uh, beat the Commanders 40-20 to 20 in Washington. It's two weeks in a row. Justin Fields has played pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, this week at least got the win. They didn't have mistakes. Like, that was maybe one of the shockers of the weekend. You thought, I really thought the psychology of that game was the Bears were going to fall apart after losing that way to Denver, right? 28-7 lead and all that. And then I thought Washington, they went toe-to-toe with the Eagles. They got a lot of talent on their team. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, they're going to show up to the party here. And it was the exact opposite. Very disappointing. Very them. disappointing. Washington should be embarrassed with the way they played. Magic Johnson said it right. There was no fight. There was no There was no aggression. I mean, it was another game. As soon as you turned it on, you went, man, the Bears are flying around. And Washington just thinks their, their shit don't stink. And they're going to win the game because they, they went toe-to-toe with the Eagles. Right? And I am glad, one, Justin Fields did great throwing the football. You know, we're seeing them taking advantage of some of these plays that they were there the first few weeks. Now he's hitting them all the time. And one of our guys that we've been pubbing on this podcast for a long time, DJ Moore is a superstar. Everybody's finally seeing it because he's on the Bears and getting a little notoriety and they all they do is feed him. But you could see you get the ball in the hands of that guy. He is special. He really is. But, yeah, that was a disappointing yeah. – the, the commanders are too talented to 100%. get dominated like that against a team like the Bears. They showed some good fight in the second half coming yeah, back. Right. And I will say that last touchdown to D.J. Moore was a little dicey. Like, that was close oh, it was to being – borderline pick six. Right? And right. then we're talking right. a 14-point swing at that point. But uh, I did like Sam Howell, though. I was watching him. I was like, man, I, I really like Sam Howell. I agree. You know, I know people are going to talk about the sacks. <clears throat> he missed a few throws in the first half you'd like him to make. You know, but the other thing too, like, yeah, he takes he could learn to throw the ball away. Yeah. Or learn where to get the ball out so he doesn't have to take the sack. But also like like I say sometimes too, you gotta take context. How many great throws did he make with people in his face or as he was getting hit too? Right? So that's where there's a fine line there. Yeah. And um, they're calling like almost sixty pass plays. Yeah, it, it in was that game. it was too so much. It even was, if you get sacked like three times, that percentage is not bad. No, no, exactly right. They got too far down and got into a one dimensional football game. And even with that, Logan Thomas doesn't fumble when they were kinda of around midfield that time. Yeah. It, it felt like they were about to you know, mount a comeback and make it really interesting. But good for Matt Eberflus, who's coaching the defense, like we talked about, right? And he looked like he had a little attitude yeah. on the sideline the other night. Like, hey, it's your last chance, Eberflus. Coach that defense up. Get in everybody's face. Show intensity. And they kind of showed that, and they played like that in the field. And, yeah, yeah. that was kind of uh, concerning by the commanders. Like his hair for Eberflus was, like, even more in his face. It was like he had to, like, <laughs> toss it back there. He didn't he care. You could tell he, he, was, he was yelling at people. He was intense. And I think he finally realized, wait, yeah. if I'm going out, I'm going out on my terms. Yeah. And hopefully this is a good thing for him and that yeah. Bears Justin team. Justin was like, to coach your hair. He's like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't Let care. him do what he's going to do. Keep going to more. <laughs> uh, last one. You said last one like three times. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, we're past midnight now. So I'm, this is really the last one. Uh, Packers at Raiders. The Devontae Adams Bowl gets his, could get his revenge against uh, – the no longer Aaron Rodgers-led Packers, but the Jordan Love-led Packers. Uh, so you predicted the Raiders to win by three, 27-24. Do you stand by your prediction? I do, but, th- I mean, this is this is a coin, to- coin toss game. Ooh. I'm a little <laughs> – coin toss with a burp in it, all right? Um, I'm a little concerned with 
that last showing by Green Bay. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the Packers' offense has been very inconsistent. We've seen some good early on in the year there by Jordan Love and company, but we saw, you know, we've seen certainly a few quarters of going, damn, that's not good enough right there. The second half of the Falcons game, the whole first three quarters of the Saints game, and then no quarters in the Lions game, yeah, I'm going with the Raiders. I'm a little too worried about – Detroit that I mean not Detroit that way Green Bay that way and Jimmy Garoppolo sounds like he's gonna be playing uh and and you know I I think this is a game the Raiders find a way to win at home it's funny Jordan Love seems to every game and he's young right this is his first year and his first few starts but he's having some of those Jimmy Garoppolo moments it seems like every game where you're just like oh yeah wait don't do that don't make that throw more excusable for him he's just starting his career but you, you worry that that could be cost them a game in yeah. a tight one. And, and, you know, and, and they're another team, too. Like, you know, can they can they start to run the ball a little bit to help him? They haven't been able to do that's that either, yeah. right? So that's not exactly what they want to do is, hey, Jordan Love, you know, throw it 40-something times a game. No. I mean, he led their team in rushing against the Saints. And then, of course, Detroit, they couldn't run the ball at all. And that's not a recipe for success for the young quarterback and a bunch of young receivers and everything like you're talking yeah. about there. All right, last thing. How good are the Lions, right? Let's just end with that. One more, <laughs> one Let's more thing. There. <laughs> Brought to you by Ahmed Farid yeah, and Colombo. That's it. That we really did it. Is it. We did it. It's another week in the books. It's a great week. I mean, they're always great weeks in the NFL. They really were. I mean, we had some blowouts. We had some tight games. We had some craziness. Yeah. But the stories, it's like it's the, even though the games don't necessarily come down to the last second, I, I find the storylines very compelling. This well, year. yeah, in the NFL, if they don't come down to the last second, it's like, whoa, they put that team away with two minutes and seven <laughs> seconds left, right? And you're like, they really controlled it. That's how close the NFL is. And like we always say, if you don't take advantage of some chances to put some teams away, every week we see that team that was down most of the game come back and win you got to squash them while you can uh and this podcast is being squashed because i'm tired and i'm going on delusional week five in the books everybody enjoy monday night football packers raiders you'll see us back here wednesday you got questions for the wednesday treasure hunters what the fuck happened podcast let us know we'll be on the lookout for all your tweets and questions be good out there peace out homies clap Clap it it up BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.